Welcome to the podcast, Career Stories from the Field. I am Penny Strutton, a business psychologist and career coach, and for the last 10 years, I've worked with hundreds of people and helped them find a job or career that fulfills them. Very rarely do we see a straightforward career pathway. This podcast will showcase a variety of careers and highlight the career pathways people have taken to achieve their current position. It is the interesting routes, choices, opportunities and challenges that I will be exploring to showcase how different people have navigated their career. I'm hoping to help young people and career changers join the dots between subjects at school, tertiary education and job experience and give more people confidence to embrace opportunities that take them closer to a fulfilling career. This week, I'm talking to Sarah Lee. Sarah is the IT Vice President for Global Applications at Wood PLC. Sarah started her career with a maths degree, then moved into a series of analyst roles before moving into IT and gaining a director position by the age of 31. She also has three children under six and has developed a great approach to balancing career and home life. So good morning and welcome, Sarah, to the Career Stories from the Field. Absolutely delighted you can join me this morning. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to seeing what wisdom I can conjure up. Amazing. Well, let's start by just giving me an overview of what your job title is and what you kind of do every day. So my job title is ITVP, so Vice President of Global Business Applications. Effectively, I'm like an IT director reporting into the chief information officer, the CIO. And there's eight or nine um, ITVPs. So my area is the business applications. Do you have other for infrastructure and contracts and security, et cetera? And I've got the largest team in IT. I've got 60 people. And I also have an outsourced arrangement where we've got another 90 um, in a partnership. My my day to day is really just supporting my team, leading my team. They're the ones, they're the clever ones that know exactly what they're doing. We support over a thousand business applications. We work with the business, delivering new applications or trying to retire, set the portfolio, get a roadmap in place for what's going to happen with those applications. We're trying to reduce our technical debt at the moment. So trying to retire as much as possible. My role is really just to set the strategy, lead the team and then remove any obstacles for them. Wow, sounds like a, a very big, challenging job. This this organisation you work for, it's global, isn't it? What's the headcount? Yeah, so it's a global role. So my team are global and yeah, the company, I think we're at 35,000 people globally in the entire company. So yeah, lots of different needs, lots of different parts of the business that we support. And what industry are you in? Well, it's interesting. So it's, it's kind of, Oil and gas is what we were primarily known as, but we have diversified since then. So we're kind of getting more and more into the clean energy and we're looking at how we can do carbon capture and interest and things like that. So we even have an automation business. We've got IT consultancy in our business. So we've got quite a lot of strings to our bow now. It's quite complex organization very exciting and yeah it's a hot topic at the moment isn't it so it's quite exciting to be in an organization that is looking to diversify into the into the green space yeah it's really true dear to my heart actually I'm really looking for that purpose that feeling that I'm 
doing something about it with my work. So I'm trying to see how I can navigate to do that, you know, in my role or another role. Fantastic. So given us a really lovely overview of, of what you do, but what within that do you particularly enjoy? I love problem solving at any level. So what I'll do when I first come into a role is, is see, you know, what's working, what's not working. And, and I love tying all the pieces together, connecting the dots, talking to people, gaining everyone's perspectives and breaking down the problem, get to the root cause of it and then build up a solution and then, you know, implement that solution and see it through. So that could be when I first came into the team, there was quite a lot of work to do to, to get them back on track. So you know, that was almost a problem to be solved in itself. And then we have the strategy piece, which is not too dissimilar to say, right, well, where do we want to go? And then how do we, um, how do we get there? And what are the benefits from that? So that's, that's what I really enjoy in my day to day is problem solving. Amazing. So you've described quite a few key skills there. And the fact that you really enjoy them must mean that they're key strengths for you, that you're able to play to your strengths in the space. Yeah, there's quite a lot of key skills. I mean, my role is quite, could be seen as one that you need to be quite technical for. And I am not that technical, but I do then depend on my team's knowledge and I just then support them. They're the, the clever ones, really. But then I have a lot of skills with regards to how, how I operate. And there's like a lot of softer skills, which I think is increasingly important to, to work on. You know, the robots will come one day. <laughs> and take over so the more soft skills we have the better and I think I've just gained them over the years from experience I think working as a business analyst really kind of helped me hone those skills and also weirdly having divorced parents helped me have negotiation yeah that negotiation and diplomacy interestingly has has worked in my favor so I'll take Who that. Would have thought? <laughs> yeah exactly. It's really interesting so you're describing your role there and you're you're obviously you're a, a vice president in a global organization within an IT role. I mean many people that might be listening to this might think that well to be able to get to that level within IT you have to be an expert and you've just dispelled that right there and then. So tell us a bit more about your career journey to this point. How how have you managed to, to get to this point? So I don't believe you do have to be an expert. I think you just need to be really good at listening a lot of the times to the experts. My career, I started off in some roles. I worked in very different industries for shorter periods of time. So I worked in pensions. I worked in banking and I worked in earthquake insurance so three completely different industries separate to oil and gas so I didn't have any experience in oil and gas when I got the role and then I also worked in different countries so I got kind of rounded you know that rounded experience early on and I always in, was in analytical roles so I started off as like a system analyst managing system migrations and then I was a data analyst and then I worked as a business analyst and coordinating projects and things. So I, I got the job at Wood nine years ago, um, nine years, one month and one day ago, <laughs> some fast math. Um, I got the job at Wood as a business analyst and I then have just worked hard and deliver what I say I'm going to deliver with little budget or resource, you know, and 
people have believed in me sometimes more than I've believed in myself and urged me on. So now I've been in, at this level for five years, but in kind of two or three different roles at this level. So I worked in strategy and governance and I and before that it was like projects and governance. And now I'm in the global business applications role. Amazing. And this all by mid 30s? Well, yeah, I'm mid-30s now, yeah, but I became an IT director at 31, 31. Amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, your career journey to the point where you got elevated to, the, to this, you know, senior director level, because you've talked about being in analyst roles, which one would normally see an analyst role that the type of personality and skills associated with that with being quite downward focused and in the detail and the data but what you're saying that really brings you success now is those interpersonal skills so I I imagine early on when you were eight when you were in the data in the detail conducting your analyst role you was able to use those softer skills which kind of joined the dots from strategy to the detail which which is quite extraordinary isn't it well, yeah, I think I've also honed those skills over time because when, you know, I would do Myers-Briggs years and years ago, it would say I was a detail person, but I was right, like, kind of near the middle. So maybe there was an element of being able to, yeah, connect the bigger picture into it. And I did, I think, going on leadership courses, like the company put me on leadership courses, that really, really helped me see the bigger picture and help me kind of step away from myself and get to know myself more, create more self-awareness. And I think parts of that helped. There was a bit, a few, couple of jumps before I came an IT director. So I did, I was a program manager for, for a period. And I think then thinking, you know, across a program of work rather than down at a project level. But yeah, I think you're right. It is a bit of a, an interesting skill set being able to, to do that. We, we recently just did a, an assessment with a coach at my work and I was then in this reflective leader bracket but use data as a reflective leader so it, kind of, it all does make sense. Absolutely that's really fascinating. So I can hear just how your career has evolved that you certainly didn't start off when you went to uni or left uni thinking I'm going to be a you know an IT VP globally by the time I'm 30 something <laughs> so yeah. you didn't always want to be this let's let's rewind a few years tell me a bit about what you studied what A levels you might have studied at school what university degree you you took maybe and what your motivation was to to choose those different courses or subjects yeah so my they were called hires anyway we not not a level so my hires were English which I had to sit two times to pass maths which I got an A for um, nice. so I got an C for English and then I did biology and chemistry which I got a C for each I did business management and administration so I got a C I got, I got C's apart all C's apart from the A which in my fifth year I was thinking I was going to go and do something like be an occupational therapist which I look back and think what was what was I thinking because I really liked biology and chemistry and then I surprised got this A for maths and I thought oh didn't even realize I was that good at maths so when it came to what I'll do is I went to uni and studied maths so you did a maths degree a maths degree yeah I just 
did what I enjoyed, you know, and I didn't really think about what I wanted to do afterwards or what I wanted to be. And I still don't know what I want to be, really. I think it's just a bit of a journey. But doing what you enjoy and zooming in on that and trying to have a bit of a connection to the next part, almost justify why you've done that to get the next step, then that's what I've done my whole career. And I think that's what a lot of people do. See what they enjoy and then go with it. So then, yeah, I studied maths and I, and I loved it. It was a difficult degree, but I got a 2-1 and then met my husband as well. So Double bonus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, sounds like my idea of hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the funny. degree, that is. So, so when you were in your final year at uni, did you have any idea what your next step might be with your maths degree? Not really. I applied to just a lot of graduate schemes because... I knew that they would give me a little bit more of a rounded view. I had no idea. So I just applied to loads of graduate schemes. And I I think I got an interview for the MI5 as a mathematician. And that's when I realized I didn't go for it because I was like, I don't actually want to be a mathematician. You know, I did. I knew I wanted to talk to people and not just be sitting doing calculations. But I got the graduate scheme with Capita, Hearts Head, which is an arm of Capita, and pensions, because I knew there's a lot of calculations to do with pensions. So I was like, maybe I'll be good at that. But then I did the, the graduate year and it was the, the system side, the testing and the system side that really interests me. So then I, I got a role secured in that after my year. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because who of us really knows what we want to do when we're choosing our hires or our A-levels or even when we're choosing our degree? And it's only when you start to engage in different functions within the workplace that you can start to realise what you like and, and what you don't like. To anybody who wants to be in your position now as you know a senior IT director, what advice would you give them around their career early career journey and their their training and qualifications well I think it probably is useful to study things like computing or whatever they're calling it these days yeah computing I guess or you know business management I think was actually really good in hindsight gave me a really good foundation for going into the business world but I've I've known people who have gone into similar roles to me and they've studied all sorts of things it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. I guess it's just pulling out the elements that you enjoy. So mine would be like problem solving. Okay, what did they enjoy from the role? What what are the key bits that they can pull out and then expand on that? But I think if someone really wants to be a senior IT person, they should probably, unlike me, study more technology side of things. And I suppose it's about proving yourself in the right place at the right time. It's how you approach the different roles that you've been given that allows you to to elevate your career. Yeah, absolutely. Doing a good job, working hard. People see that. Interestingly, with you, Sarah, you you are a, a highly successful woman, mid-30s, and eight months ago you had your third child. This is just such a, you know, what a great story for other women to see you in such a successful position whilst also having the pleasure of having three children, not just one. How have you managed that? What has it taken you to, to balance your career and your, and your home life? Probably the main thing is um, my husband. I don't want to get an award and say like, it's all down to my husband, but I think it's that partnership 
that allows me to be able to decompartmentalize between work and home life. He is a feminist, he's very supportive. He, we shared our parental leave, he works part-time, I work part-time and that was something we, we set out on together because I don't think I could have done it any other way. You know, it has to be that team partnership. The other thing I guess just from my perspective is then I do decompartmentalise and I was speaking to an interesting woman just at the weekend and she said, you know, she told people between six and nine was her golden time and she was not to be disturbed. And I don't have anything, I don't call it anything like that, but I do have boundaries in place and I'm very strong at saying no. I'm a lot stronger at saying no, I, I can't be at that meeting. We'll have to reschedule that. And I don't really give the reasons why unless I need to, because why, why should I? You Absolutely. know, and I guess as I get more senior, I get more confident in that, you know, if I really need to be there, then I'll be there. And if the work needs done, I'll get the work done. And what hours I do that and how I do that and how I juggle it is not really anyone's concern. So I guess get feeling more and more confident. I've just had to, to have those kind of natural boundaries in place between home and work life. Do you feel the culture within the organisation that you've been in for, for the last five, five years? Nine years. Nine years. <laughs> do you think the culture within the organisation has supported your growth as a woman and a mum? In some aspect, I think, but I, whilst I've worked at Wood, I've been a bit more of a, a loner, I guess. it's I've not often been, when I was excelling at Wood, I was kind of just on my own. So I would always manage my own time and everything anyway. So I think it's probably just been down down to that. I have I did have a manager who wanted to know where I was all the time. That didn't really work out so well for me. I think it's having the autonomy and the trust that I'm going to get the work done. But I wouldn't say as much the culture overall I think that's changing now but I just did what I had to do and I've had bosses mostly who have been understanding and just not needed to ask questions which is fantastic to be more output focused rather than this input focused presenteeism culture but it sounds like you've certainly forged your own approach to balancing work and and motherhood which is amazing it's a lovely story so tell us about what's next you talked earlier about green energy being something quite close to your heart or the environment being quite close to your heart is how is that going to direct your your future career do you think well it's quite interesting because wood seem to be on that journey so if i can go on that journey with wood then that would be tremendous and i think I've worked in IT the entire time I've worked at Wood. So I think stepping outside IT, doing a sideways step would be quite a healthy thing for me to do. Even get right on the front line, you know, work with on the as a contract manager. I guess my question to the senior folks at Wood is at the moment, what's your biggest challenge? Let me work with you to solve the problem. And if that is how do we capture carbon, for example, then... Um, or how do we make the most of hydrogen energy, then Then I think that would be an interesting route for me to go. Absolutely. I suppose the organisation being as big as it is and diverse as it is, there are going to be opportunities for you to sidestep out of IT, out of potentially even your, your current role, which for many people, when they're looking to change career, is very daunting. They'll often think, well, I've been in IT forever, so therefore no one will want me. Uh, how do you approach that sort of mindset? Not that you necessarily have it, but how do you approach it? 
Well, I do think that, you know, I, I have thought if I was to apply to a job outside of wood, what would I, would I even apply to? You know, I, I guess my CV is interesting, but what would the job title be? It's really hard for me to define because now I see myself as kind of leader, problem solver. So that's not really a job title. It'd just be they'd want that kind of person in that role. And that's hard when they don't know you and um, your abilities. But I guess then what I got to was maybe I could start my own company with my own values. And that's another option, I guess, I'm, I'll ruminate on. Very, very exciting. Mm -hmm. I suppose what it, it comes down to is being able to articulate the impact that you make and, and move away from that job title that you say, because every single organisation is going to have a different job title definition for, for different roles that might be quite similar. So I suppose being able to really demonstrate that impact and those transferable skills is something that is something to to consider. But it's not a it's not uh, a movable barrier, is it? No, no, exactly. And that, that's it. It's all those skills and experience you accumulate over the years that then is what you can sell. You are looking to switch role, but you know, anything's possible. I think, I think I'm already more senior than I would ever have dreamt I would be. So now I think why, why not shoot for the stars? Absolutely. Oh, that's very exciting. Do you have any parting words of encouragement or advice for either younger people entering their career and making choices or potentially career changes that, you know, are mid-career, later career, early career? Do you have any, any words of wisdom you want to share? I guess it's quite simple. So if you're in your early career, then you know, just do what you enjoy and follow that. Follow that gut feeling of, you know, what it is you enjoy. And, and it will, if you're doing what you enjoy, then you will, people will notice, they'll notice you're working hard. And I believe, you know, you can put yourself forward as well for, for roles. And I think it's just natural that you'll excel. If you're in a role and you're mid-role and you want to do something different, it's not too dissimilar. But what I would say is, if you're really not enjoying your role, then do something completely different. I would say change industry. What is it you don't like? Is it the industry? My husband recently switched industry because he realised he didn't he didn't enjoy working in oil and gas, so he switched industry. Or hone in on what it, what is it the skills that you love to do and just make the switch. I mean, it sounds easy. And it is difficult, I think, having the courage to do that. And then you'll see where you get to. You'll feel in a lot happier place. And life's too short to be stuck in something you hate. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed having that conversation with you. And you're a true inspiration. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Penny. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another career story from the field. If you enjoyed this conversation, please follow or subscribe. Thanks for listening.